Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. I like it. But I think perhaps we should, now's the time to get on to Tim Allen, I think. Yeah. And see if you could do some sort of, hi, I'm Buzz Lightyear, you're listening to the Loose Forward Podcast sort of jingle. See if he's on Twitter. All right. Yeah, good one. <laughs> so are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Fine. Good. We've got so much to talk about this week. Yes. Um, big news of the week. European Super League mm. in football. It's not gone down well, has it? No, and we've got a special section on that after, haven't we? Yes. Um, just in a parallel universe of what would happen if the RFL marketing were in charge of it. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it promises to be an entertaining 10 minutes. Well, it does well for us anyway. <laughs> so we're going to swap things a little, around a little bit this week, um, mainly because our other feature of the week is around about Golden Point. So uh, we're going to talk about Super League first rather than the NRL. And we're going to just mix it about because that's the type of rebellious rugby league souls that we are. Yeah, not one to uh, follow strict rules, I don't think. No, obey no rules, like water. <laughs> right, so... Without further ado, Super League. So, opening game of the week saw uh, Wigan defeat Leeds 19 points to 6. Any thoughts? Um, To be honest, I, I thought Leeds... I thought it was going to be bigger than that. I thought the scoreline was going to really flatter Wigan. Um, I think what Leeds are doing with all their injuries and, and stuff and throwing all... Uh, the young guns in. I think they should be really proud, really, to be competing for for a lot of the game and and still be in it and not going out and getting hammered thirty, forty points every week. Well, we touched on that last week, didn't we? Around uh, how good were Leeds going to be when they got everyone back? Yeah, and I don't really see anything to change that really. So, uh, no, in the I last mean, week, if those that come back, I mean, apparently they they have got a few back this week, but. Um, you know, if if those that come back play with the same determination and passion that these young lads have been playing with, they they won't have a problem, will they? No, that's right. Um, Zach Hardacre looked in excellent form. Looked, really good try. He looks quicker to me, but I think I feel like he might be trying to say without saying, "I'm a fullback." Yeah, I need to play here. To play in that position. Because yeah. I think French is back in here and <clears throat> in the squads and whatnot. So. Do you think he'll get moved when uh, when French comes back or do you think French might play in the halves? Um, I'm not even sure French will play in the halves. He, he might even play on the wing. I know when he first come over in his first few games, they stuck him on the wing. But with all the injuries they've got to the wingers, they might not have a choice. I think it's difficult to push somebody out like Zach Hardacre in the form he's in. I think it's a bit of a knock to him to say, actually, well, Frenchie's back now, so uh, we're going to move you to the centre or somewhere. Yeah, and there's been a big debate online, hasn't there, about who should be England's number one, and the the two names that are being tossed up is Hardacre and Tompkins, isn't it? Uh, I'd add add Connor into that as well. Yeah, maybe. He's probably third out of them three for me, but I I see the... um, I see why he's, he's... his name's being thrown up. So, if you had, a, if you were Sean Wayne, um, a lightweight Sean Wayne, shall we say? <laughs> if you were a Sean Wayne, would you um, pick Hardacre, Tomkins, or Connor as your starting fullback in the first game of the World Cup? If it was tomorrow, um, Hardacre, just, and that's if your first choice centres are fit or, you know, who's available. Because I think Hardacre is more versatile, isn't he, than Tompkins. I think Tompkins is probably um, a one or a six. So if you've got your halves covered, that only really leaves him with the full-back spot, hmm. uh, whereas Hardacre can slot in on the, the centres and any pretty much anywhere on the, the back line. Okay. The, other, the only other issue from that game, Kits, what's that about? I, I couldn't tell he was over half the time. Why are they both playing in blue when traditionally one plays in blue and one plays in I don't, cherry I and don't white? Know. Wigan have got 
this third kit, haven't they? And it's like this purple, but it looks almost blue. It was as if like, well, we've we've announced this, so we need to wear it to to sell it type thing. But it was just a ridiculous choice. But who's let them do that? I don't know, but it's well. I always thought that the referee had, had the sorry the um, the Super League the the game the administrators or the match official, uh, not the match official. What's he got the um, in charge of the referee on the the commissioner? The match oh commissioner yeah, match commissioner. Yeah, would have to have the team sheets with the colours that are on. Yeah, and then to say no, you can't wear that. Well, I thought there would have been somebody there that said, mm, this isn't going to look good, mate. Especially when they stood in the tunnel side by side. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's just an odd decision. And again, it's just one of those head-shaking decisions, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, other games. Uh, St. Helens 34, Wakefield 6. Nil-nil at half-time. Yeah, I thought we were in for a real tight affair. Wakefield looked quite good. In you know, but then they come out second half. I think Saints get two quick tries, don't they? And sort of just dropped off their intensity completely. And they managed to cut loose, I think, in the end. And mm. uh, probably be disappointed that they actually let one in towards the end. Yeah, it was a mistake from Teo Farge, wasn't it? From the kickoff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was going dead, and he managed to save it somehow, but yeah. knock it forward, didn't he? Or run into touch with it or something, didn't he? Yeah, and this and the Wakefield then scored. Deservedly, probably scored off the um, off that set of six. Yeah, I don't think they deserve to get nil. Um, you know, especially after the first half. I I don't think I can quite put my finger on what went wrong from second half. They just seemed to be a completely different outfit, didn't they? Yeah, I think Saints have another gear that they found in the second half. Jack Wellsby, in particular, looking a real prospect. Definitely, he's he's. T- you know, he, he plays beyond his years, doesn't he? I think we, we mentioned the World Cup uh, in the last game, probably too early for him this year, but certainly in four years' time, you'd be thinking... Yeah, he seems yeah. to play... He seems to have a good game wherever he plays, you know, full-back and, and, and centre. I think Christian Wolf's got a real dilemma when Mark Percival's fit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a talent. He's just a talented footballer, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um. Catalans 42, Salford 6. Salford have now managed to score three tries in three games. Mm. Yeah, it's not looking good for them, is it? They just, you know, and <clears throat> I really thought they were on the up the last couple of years. You know, they made the Super League Grand Final uh, 19 and the Challenge Cup Final last year and they just seem to have gone completely backwards. How much was how much of an impact was Ian Watson making? Because that seems to be the only only real significant significant change. I think. Well, moving on to Ian Watson, uh, he's not having much of an impact at Huddersfield at the moment. He's led in my second place, but I'm going to not stop mentioning that now. I think you should predict them to lose, lose, and then they might win. Okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds fair, but. Hull Kingston Rovers 25, Huddersfield 24. Um, two, well, two big talking points, I suppose, in this. Um, first of all, the fastest Super League try. Yeah, seven seconds. Seven like. seconds. Ben Crooks. Yeah, and it, it took a really weird bounce, didn't it? And they all st- Huddersfield seemed to stand around watching it, all of them. And, and he just said, well, thanks very much. If you're all going to watch it, I'll just... Um, Pick this up and trot on over the whitewash. Yeah, um, seven seconds in. Hard to see how that ever gets beat, doesn't it? Really? He's, I mean, it isn't the official world record, is it? it? Goes to some lad from St Pat's or something. I can't remember the time. But... Yeah, this is in the NRL or Super League, isn't it? Yeah, for, yeah. But I think it's classed as um, uh, first class try, isn't it? Yeah, like professional. Yeah, is that, yeah. yeah I, I, it's not really ever going to get beat. I don't think, is it? No, no. And I've got another question. I've got a question for you, and I don't know whether you can answer this or not. Right. What constitutes a knock-on? Do you know what? I am so glad that OKR won that match because if Huddersfield had won that after that... The Chris McQueen try. Yeah. It just... It would have been a complete disaster. I mean, he's just... He's dropped it and ran past it. How can you say it's gone backwards? 
I, do, I don't understand how they've come to that decision. If that's anywhere else on the pitch, that's a knock-on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's just, he's, he's run past it. He's knocked it and then run past it. Yeah, just dropped it. And the person who knew he dropped it the most was was Chris McQueen, obviously. But uh, what I mean by that is when it come up try and it shows him, he's like smirking and laughing. I'm like, you... They've just got away with one. I don't even know how they've got away with it, but I'm not even I'm not even sure how that even ends up at the video ref. No, I'm not. So if that game hasn't got a video ref and we've got in goal touch judges, does that get awarded as a try or a knock on? A knock on. Hundred percent. Because I can't see any referee putting his reputation at stake or his decision making, his judgment on the line to give that a try in a, a non-televised match. I just... Use your common sense, though. If he gave that as a knock-on, Uddersfield aren't going to be screaming, oh, I've, dro- it's got, I've knocked it backwards, I've knocked it backwards. They'll just go, well, you dropped, dropped it. it. Like, instead, they upset more people by doing what they've done. Yeah. I agree, and I think, and it's, it's not even the right decision. No. You know, if you upset people, but it's the right decision, fair so enough. It. Yeah, I think it's right what you said that if that's anywhere else on the pitch, if that's midfield and he's running through, and he draws that and then drops on it again, it's a knock on. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. If that's anywhere else it, on the it's, field, it's, it's one on. of the worst decisions I've ever seen from a video referee and a referee. Yeah, I can't even believe he sent it up. To be honest, no, I can't. I can't remember if he sent it up as a try or a no try, but it doesn't really make the difference. I think he sent it up as a no try. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he sent it up as a no try. Just don't give it. So don't give it. So if don't you don't think that's a just don't give it. Just um just go back, point run out to the twenty. Yeah. Uh, seven tackles, off we go again. And that incident is then forgot within fifteen seconds. Yeah. Nobody cares because everyone just goes, Oh, he drops it. And that doesn't get shown on again. No. Nope. That doesn't get... It might get shown on the Super League show, but that doesn't... It, it doesn't get just shown... Just goes down as a bomb chance, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. go down as anything else, just because, like, he could have won the game for him. Instead, he's dropped it over the line. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, in the end, because all KR would have just felt completely robbed. Yeah. It's just one of those decisions where, yet again, you just shake your head. Yeah. Um... Well, a brighter note for Castleford then. Castleford 52, Lee 16. Castleford had a tremendous start to the season. Are uh, Castleford the real deal this year? I don't know, are they? Um, they've, they've, they couldn't have had a better start, really. Um, whereas Lee are just the complete opposite and Lee look like a championship side, don't they? Yeah. They, um, they do look like a side that's come up at the, out at the championship at short notice. Yeah. Who filled in. Yeah. That that is how they, that is how they look. Because they weren't even winning the championship, were they? No. Before they stopped, I think it was Toulouse, wasn't it? Yeah. This um, is how they look. Yeah. Just whoever's made that decision to bring them up has made a, a poor choice in the end. They thought it, I think they thought it was a safe choice. Mm. And it's, it's backfiring at the minute. I wonder how much the um, pandemic... Affected to lose his application with like travel restrictions and yeah. things. Maybe I'd, never really thought about it before. No, no. Now that you've said it, because that was the first game back in France for Catalan this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Mm. Who knows? Maybe they thought that they had to. They had to get a team that could fulfil all its fixtures. And we'll come on to the preview in a little bit, but um, uh, Salford versus Lee this weekend. A real, yeah, a that... real, a real four pointer. But we'll come on to that later on. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, a real. Um, I, I don't know how to describe this. Actually, hole fourteen, Warrington fourteen. Where do you start with this one? First of all, Hull had it won, and then let an amazingly. Soft trying after the hooter mm. for Warrington to go fourteen all, which I'm sure that Brett Hodgson and the, and the Hull players will be 
pretty well disappointed is is probably an understatement that um they managed to get the good. It was Mamo, wasn't it? That yeah, Mamo scored. And, but but he ducked under two tackles and then sidestepped another lame one at the back and and sort of scrambled in on his knees. But it was just, I, it was poor defence at that stage in the game. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, did the left see Miss Reynolds? How much are they relying on him? Would he have made a difference? Maybe it's too early to tell. But I think he would have done personally. I think yeah, he, perhaps his game management would have been. You know, I've only seen him play the one better. game, um, but he looked keen and he, he looked yeah like he was leading them about. So, um, then I, so how do you then describe what went on after in Golden Point? Because the game ends up a draw, and we seem to have some sort of drop goal slugfest where people are trying drop goals from sixty yards and just a total. I I felt a total mismanagement of the game from both sides in Golden Point. Yeah, it was. I mean, Blake Austin probably had the two best chances, um, and, and and put them both wide. I think he missed three, didn't he? Did he miss three? I think he missed three. Yeah. Did they just have they just not been practicing drop goals? I don't know because there was a couple of drop goals there where you thought you've got time to set, yeah. you've got time to look. You've got time to, to slot it over. And you would expect, let's be honest, you would expect either Austin or Sneed to take one of those chances. Absolutely. Instead, you've got Jake Connor trying to bomb him over from his own half. Yeah. I didn't understand that. And uh, and Sneed tried the same thing towards the end. He said, instead of perhaps putting the ball into the corner and trying to work a yeah. better position. Yeah, trying to the get the, the, the territorial um, upper hand. Um, it's just unbelievable, really. It, it does. It do, we are going to move on to Golden Point in a little bit, aren't we? So it, it raises the, the the question about that very shortly. Couple of couple of interesting things from that, though. Um, I'm pretty sure at the end of the game, the players didn't realise it was a draw. No, because they were all stood about waiting for the next period to start, and then uh, Robert Hicks wasn't it? It was in charge. Yeah, Robert Hicks and Robert Hicks then blew the whistle. And give full time, and then they all went. Oh, oh, all right. So draw. We'll, we'll, we'll shake hands then. Yeah. But they didn't actually realise that when the final whistle was blown. No. Um, there was a um, something else I believe to come out of that game as well. It was a new new record. Yeah, record set on both sides of Hull this weekend. Yeah. Um, Danny Houghton and eighty five tackles. Amazing. That's just heroic. Absolutely amazing. Do you, did you know if you look in the top 10 tackling performances in Super League, Danny Houghton has five of them. Does he really? Yeah. Excellent. Which shows his worth. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that, that's some going. Uh, and yeah, are you surprised that he's been overlooked for more international honours or is it just a case that he's been unlucky to be around at the same time as, as Roby, Clark, Hodgson... Um, I think, yeah, he's probably been unlucky. Um, but I am still surprised that he's not even really been picked or at least played one game. Um, maybe he doesn't attack as much as the other names that are mentioned. Mm, because based off that, off that, you could argue if, if we had a state of origin, which was both a county of origin, mm. Lancashire, Yorkshire, East West, he wouldn't even get in the Yorkshire team. No, you could argue that, yeah. So, yeah, is he just un- is he just unlucky to be and, to be around? And yet he's won Man of Steel as well. Yeah, bizarre, vastly overlooked for international honours. You could say overlooked and underrated. Yeah, you, yeah, definitely. Obviously, I think he's adored in Hull, isn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it, very unlucky, I think, to be around at such. Great players that just happen to play in the same position. Isn't Absolutely. Um, dead quick though. Really quick question for you: Is Blake Austin still good? I don't know, but our friends at the what would Brian Bevan say podcast ran a Twitter poll this week to say would you keep him and re-sign him or let him go? Yeah. And Warrington fans voted sixty-two percent to thirty-eight to let him go. Mm. And that doesn't surprise me because every time I've seen him as of late, uh, he's just not really 
impressed. He just seems to, to me, just seems to have one move in his arsenal, which is just throw a dummy and, and try go. and go. Certainly dropped off from the first season he was in Super League. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I think that wraps up Super League. Um, there's a couple of uh, things that we need to uh, just just wrap up within some issues from, from this week. Uh, Jackson Hastings announced this week that he's leaving the Wigan Warriors at the end of the season and going to the West Tigers in the NRL. Yeah, two-year deal, is it? Yeah. Yeah, not a surprise, I don't think, is it? And I think perhaps the only real surprise is that it's not happened before now. Probably. I think, I think you know, he's always had his heart set on going home and I don't think that's been any secret, but credit to him, he's, he's, he's always been super professional and always had time uh, for the fans, uh, well, all the fans, but especially at Salford and uh, at Wigan. Um, so... <laughs> Good luck to him. He, he he's been good for Super League, I think. And if you see him on his social media and Twitter and things like that, always speaks highly of you know people and always seems to seems to just take a real interest in every aspect of the game in this country. I agree. I agree. I think he's been great for Super League. And yeah. So I say, him, wish him all the best. Yeah. Wish him a lot of luck at, at Wests. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we mentioned the World Cup before. Um, England have announced a warm-up game against Fiji, which is on Friday the 15th of October, which is at Rochdale Hornets ground. Yeah. Um, that's just eight days before the opener at St. James's Park. Yeah, it'd be a good good affair, that, obviously. I think they've took it to uh, Rochdale because there, there tends to be strong, uh, like, Fiji... There's a Fijian community, community there. Community, yeah. yeah, so... They sold it out against Ireland in the 2000... And they were based there in 2013. Yeah, they're always the based team. there, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah... I think that's that's a smart move, really. I, yeah, I agree, and I think that'll be a good test as well. Yeah, for both teams, definitely. They've got some right players. Yeah, but I'm hearing on the on the grapevine, I'm hearing that there's actually a dis, a decision being made on the um, World Cup whether or not that's even going to go ahead within the next month because of the COVID situation. Yeah, well, that'd be sad if you think that you know the the football clubs can travel to different countries for Champions League and things like that. Just I think the issue is is around the um Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific Islanders um in travelling and then having to quarantine when they go back. Right. Yeah, so, because they'd have they've pretty much dealt with it, haven't they? So. Yeah. So they'd have to quarantine and I believe the issue is that and whether or not they're prepared to send teams. Mm. So I think that's the that's the issue, and if they do send teams, what will they look like? Yeah, they could be massively under strength. As long as we win it, then. Yeah, <laughs> but when you say under strength, we'll still have Nathan Cleary and yeah, <laughs> people like that. Yeah, Ponga, all this sort of stuff. So. I mean, hopefully, the you know the the COVID stuff, the numbers go down enough to to send the the full-strength teams over, because that's what you pay to go and watch, isn't it? They're the people that you want to go and see, and, you, you know, you don't get to watch the, the kangaroos and the kiwis all that often, so when you when you do have the chance to go and watch them, you want them to be at the best, really. Absolutely. And everybody should take the chance to go and see them, because, to me, they're the finest sports team in the world. The kangaroos? Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the Harlem Globetrotters, obviously, who'd never <laughs> lose a match. But, yeah, absolutely, the, the, the best team in the world. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I agree, and they always have been, I think, for for a lot of years. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question for you. We're going to come to the NRL in a little bit, but there's no guess, there's no prizes for guessing any results in there um, on one team. And I've got a, it's a challenge for you, mm-hmm. right? and it, we, it's a ten pound bet. All right. Okay. So ten pound. Are you willing to take it? Yes. Who? And you, you're going to get the choice, right? Who is going to win a game first, Lee Centurions? Or the Canterbury Bulldogs. Ooh, you've got the choice. That's a good one. You didn't know that was coming up, did you? I thought of that. No, you took me by surprise. I have. I'm gonna say I don't know who the dogs have got this week. No, I don't either. To be honest, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Lee just because they're playing Salford, and I think it could go either way. Now, what if Lee lose that game? Your gamble's backfired completely, hasn't it? Yeah, but mm. if it doesn't, because they play St Helens the week after. Yeah, but 
the the dogs have got to play like the storm or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> or the panthers or something. So yeah. Okay. I'm just going to say Lee because I think they might beat Salford. All right. Good question, and though. Be, uh, quids in. So. Okay. Well, the bet is on. Excellent. And our final issue, well, it's not an issue, it's a response to uh, one of, uh, I think it was one of Bobby's stats last week. And do you remember the stat we had last week, which is about Tom Lynham getting banned again? Yes. And having uh, the, um, seven, was it 17, 17 games, games or yeah. something? And we said, is he the world's grubbiest winger? Yes. He's not. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see your Tom Lynham. Well, it was yours, but carry right. on. Well, I'm going to see my Tom Lynham and I'm also going to raise myself, John Hopoarte. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's going to take some beating, isn't it? Okay. So. For though I'm sure everyone's aware of him, but John Hapoati, 2001, uh, he got banned for 12 games for sticking his finger up someone's anus. <laughs> In 2005, he got banned for 17 games for a disgraceful high tackle on Keith Galloway. Yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing that. And he's been banned for a total of 45 weeks in his career. <laughs> so, so that would take some beating. Yeah, that does take... It gets better. It does, that's not end there. Oh, right. right cause after, so after he finishes, he becomes a boxer and becomes the Australian heavyweight champion or something. Right. But in 2010 and 2013 and 2016, he's convicted of assault <laughs> and has to pay all these fines and community service and whatnot. In 2017, he uh, threatened to, in his own words, if Adam Blair comes round to the Tonga camp, I'll give him a smack. <laughs> and uh, he also then was banned for 10 years from all uh, uh, rugby league activities. For? Um, I think it was, or he wasn't licensed to coach or something. He was coaching one of Manly's junior sides. But then got then he got done for like threatening all the players. Oh right, yeah. So he got banned for ten years, and then two thousand eighteen he played in a, in a manly a manly legends game, which wasn't he could play because it wasn't sanctioned, and turned up wearing a rubber glove on one on one hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, John Hopoarte. He's never going to be beat, is he? No, never. Okay. By anybody, any position. It doesn't matter, yeah. That's for winger. Imagine if he was a prop. (laughs) Anyway, so it's that time of the week again. It's time for this. It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. So he's come up with a couple this week as uh, young Brenda. (laughs) His first one is the New Zealand Warriors. We haven't covered the NRL yet, but the New Zealand Warriors became the first team in NRL history to get a set completion rate of 100%. Wow. That's Against St. George Dragons. I've, I've never seen that, ever. I don't think I've ever seen it. No. Um, number two, Sunday draw between Hull FC and Warrington was Super League's first draw for three years. Wow. Before that, in 2018, Warrington drew with Catalans 22-all and Leeds drew with Wakefield 20-all, both on the same weekend. Oh, really? Spooky. Yeah. And, finally, in the last five years, this is a good one, I like this one, in the last five years, from 2016, Hull have lost a winning position and they've cost themselves two points by conceding in the final five minutes of the game 13 times. Wow. Three more than Salford and four more than Castleford, but they're yet to lose a golden point with three wins and a draw. 
Wow, that's a good start, isn't I it? I like that. He's done well with that, hasn't he? Well done, Bubbles. And that was Bobby's Stats of the Week. <sighs> it's time for the jingle, because it's time for this. What's in the red corner? Golden pint. <laughs> Seems to be a it golden pint. It's like pint. the golden pint edition. Yeah. I think we're going to have to call it that, but... Let's hear it then. <clears throat> I really, really dislike the golden pint system, the way it is at the minute. I think it is very harsh, and I think it is very unfair to teams that have gone for 80 minutes more... And then still come out with no points. I think it needs a real revamp of the way that we do things. You know, we talk about injury prevention and things like that. We've spoke about in the past about how the game's getting so much quicker and stronger and faster and what we what can we do to help do all this. But then we go and let Castanol KR play 100 minutes. Now, I know that it was slightly different because it was Challenge Cup and there had to be a winner. But if they'd have just played 10 minutes extra time, would it have been the same result? Because they wouldn't be forced to be taking all these dropouts and conceding possession. Maybe we would have been a bit more smarter about it and and tried to get the, the, the territorial advantage. I just think that for to go and battle somebody for eight, if you can't be split, then why should you walk away with nothing? I really don't like it. I think it's really unfair. I think it needs a revamp. And I think there's a couple of ways that you could do it. I think maybe if it ends in a draw and you have to go to golden point, you get one point each, no matter what. But then if somebody wins in golden point, they get an extra point. They did that in the championship last year. Right. And they've they've scrapped golden point altogether this year because of COVID. Yeah. Well, I'm not even convinced golden point should be there, but... If it has to be, it has to be fairer. You can't come away and play 90 minutes and come away with no points. That's just not fair. Or the other way is possibly like an American... I think it, I think they do it in American football where if they have golden point, if somebody scores a, a try or a drop goal or whatever, the team that concedes then has... Or would have a set of six to equalise or score a try or you know to to level the scores or whatever. But yeah. I think that's them. Both of them are fairer ways to to do it. It's quite um quite a calm ramp this week. Well, it's just, I just think it's its just one of those things in it again, the Super League or the RFL and just, just not really taking teams and players into consideration. I think there's a, I think there's a, I mean, I agree with you and I think there's a couple of issues. I think basically 99% of the time it's becomes a drop goal fest, doesn't it? Exactly. Teams need to play it smarter or... Extra time. Extra time is played smarter than Golden Point, I think. Yeah. Because you've got, you know, you've got a set amount of time. Exactly. And you've got time to come back or whatever. You're not always yeah. looking for a drop goal. Sometimes you're looking for a try. Or try to do it because you've got 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. 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 Um, and a little bit like cricket, the coin toss becomes so important. Yeah. You yeah. Know, if you've got first goal with it and you're working your way up. Then it becomes, you know, or you've not got enough, but you then you're setting somebody back on their own ten. You know, the, winning the toss can be so important. Yeah, in golden point, which that's not really fair, is it? After you've played, after you've already played eighty minutes, exactly, exactly. You know, I'm not, I'm not even convinced it should be there. I think it should just be extra time in cup games or, or you know, NRL influence playoffs. Yeah, same thing like we do for everything. NRL does it. We'll just copy it. I mean, there was a game earlier in the season, Catalan Hulkear. Hulkear came back uh, with two minutes to go, 
from 28-4 down. Yeah. And then I think James Maloney got a, a drop goal in Golden Point. Yeah. So all that effort in coming back from 28-4 is wasted. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure you should be able to turn the tables like that and come away with absolutely nothing. And I think the idea that you've just said there that they did in the championship last year of one point each, but then a bonus point, I think that's the way to go forward. Yeah, I do. If, if you're going to have it, that's that's what it needs to be. And let's be honest, draws are rare anyway in rugby league. Oh yeah, you don't get them all too often. Um, so why have we made the decision that we shouldn't be having them? It undermines, certainly I think undermines league games and perhaps they should be saved for when it's playoffs and things and where you need, you know, you need to get a result. But even then, it, I think it should just be regular extra time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, um, a very measured red corn, if you don't mind me saying this week. Yeah, just, yeah. What's next? It's uh, time for the NRL. Yes, it is time for the NRL. You're going to take us through this, aren't you? Yeah. Um, kicking off with... The Broncos and the Panthers. Um, Broncos 12, Panthers 20. Broncos putting up a real fight against the team that looked miles ahead of everybody. Um, but again, you know, Cleary and a, a couple of others from the the Panthers, too much too much class for the Broncos, and the Broncos are in a bit of trouble, really. Um, moving on to the Knights... Sorry, just on the Panthers. Yes. That's 11 in a row away games, a new NRL record. Yes, we. that was one of Bobby's stats, wasn't it? Last, but, uh, yeah, a and he was on 10 ago. in a row, yes. And yeah, now they've got the 10. 11 now. So they're out on their own. And, and again, Nathan Cleary was, again, just glorious, wasn't he? He was, he's, again, fantastic. Yeah, like we said it last week, didn't we? For, for 22 or 23 or whatever he is, he's just... Going back to the World Cup again... Is he Australia's seven? Yes, I think so. I think he's, he's got to be. Although, I think Cherry Evans is usually, or has been picked, and he's in Thurston's gone. And, and Cronk, yeah. Yeah, and, and Cronk's, but... He's I, certainly more dynamic, I think. Oh, he? yeah, he's definitely better. Well, in, that'll be really interesting. And, to be honest with you, if he does, I hope he does, because I'd love to see him play during the World Cup over here. Yeah, it'd be nice nice to, to watch somebody who would never watch live before. Yeah, absolutely. So, Knights uh, 26, Sharks 22. Um, Kalen Ponga was just the 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 Knights talisman. Um, the Sharks, I think, are a bit rattled after everything that's happened with uh, John Morris, the coach, who they sacked under bizarre circumstances, I think. Um, they've announced that Craig Fitzgibbon's going to take over from next season, and 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 John Morris has gone. Well, sorry, I'm not staying. Yeah, um, leaves them in a bit of a quandary for the rest of this season. Definitely, because I think if if this hadn't have happened, I think you would have had the Sharks down to win maybe quite easily. This was a really really good game. Yes, it was really it was... entertaining. This game, Kalen Ponga was just everywhere. He's just. Hot stepper, wasn't he? Yeah, and it was. I, I really enjoyed watching this. It was, um, it was brilliant entertainment. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, it was a good match. Uh, next one, Storm twenty, Roosters four. The Storm too much for I think an injury hit Roosters. I've got the word ruthless down. Yeah, for this game because they just piled pressure on and they turned the screw and turned the screw and. They were just, yeah. They were they were really methodical, but really, I thought the the storm were were pretty ruthless. Yeah, and I think the the, the roosters only got one in the last minute or so, didn't they? I think it was twenty nil up to to that point. Yeah, and the the roosters went out to where um, well, they seemed to. There was a few HIAs and a few high tackles, and um, I think they targeted Munster and Pappenhausen, and um, they. Uh, uh, they 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 um, played really well and came through it the storm. Yeah, they're they're still a classy outfit, even though they've probably lost you know all the the players that they've had there for a lot of years. And they must have 
um, a fantastic development system. Yeah, because every time they come up with, I know they've got a decent they've got a decent catchment because there's nothing else there in terms of rugby league. But also the the negative side of that is that they're in a state where, if you like, cricket is the main game mm. in Victoria, and there's not a lot of rugby league apart from that, if you like. But they must have a tremendous development system, farm system, however they do it, um, because they, they's continue, it's like a continual conveyor belt of stars. Absolutely. They're, they're always up there, aren't they? And you look at the players they've got now in uh, Munster, uh, Jerome Hughes, uh, Brandon Smith, the nine. Um, they, they've brought in Harry Grant, aren't they, from the, the Tigers? Yeah. Addo Carr. I mean, Pappenhausen, it goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. And yet you're sort of saying, well, they're not as strong because they haven't got Cronk anymore, they haven't got Smith anymore. It, 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 but they're always there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. He's like, Bellum is like Fergie, isn't he? It's a bit like... Keeps ooh, rebuilding. Yeah. yeah. And what's going to happen? Because there is talk of him leaving, isn't there, at the yeah. end of the season. So what's going to happen when he does? I'm sure we'll soon find out. Um, well, this one, this next one was a surprise. Seagulls 36, Titans nil. Titans are seem to be in that um, win one, lose one type yeah. of rhythm, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't bet against them bouncing back this week and winning. No. The Seagulls have been awful up to last week, and. But it was comprehensive. Tom uh, Tom Trebojevic, Turbo Tom, was absolutely imperious in this game. Do you know who looks really... Well, I don't know if he's really good or just really quick. That number... I think he's the number two. Is he called Jason Saab? Yeah. There was a couple of tries. I think uh, Tom Trebojevic made a, a break and he was on the inside. He gave it to him. But there was one where uh, the Titans put tried to put... The centre tried That's to put right. a little grubber through and I think the... the Sea Eagle Centre picked it up, the Har- Harper, I think he's called. Yeah. And he's you could see him and he was blowing and he was like trying. And that Saab was just sort of like jogging next to him. Yeah, and was, he just went, yeah, mate. It was like Martin of Fire, wasn't he? Yeah. He just sort of jogged alongside him and goes, oh, you have it the rest of the way, it wasn't he? It even looked like he was trying to but, keep up with him. Did you hear the commentary? It was something like, well, he's not a Saab, he's a, he's a Ferrari or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, he, yeah, he does look quick, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, the Sea Eagles were uh, just completely transformed. Yeah, the, it's 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 a bizarre league, isn't it? it? Yeah. Well, it, it's gone back to its normal bizarreness this week after us saying that there's a big split. Yeah. So. Yeah. True. Good. Um, again, this one surprised me. Maybe not so much by the the winner, just by the. The difference in the the, the scoreline. Uh, Raiders ten, Eels thirty five. Yeah, and what I've got on there is two question marks and an arrow from the Raiders, indicating what's happened to the Raiders. Early early season, they looked top four contenders, and now they're out of the eight. Mm. And the last two or three weeks have looked average. Yeah. Um... I saw this 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 article, um, and I think it was the official NRL Twitter page, and I can't remember who wrote it or who was saying it, but basically they were saying that um, Josh Hodgson is too greedy and wants to do everything on his own, and he stifles the Raiders' attack. You set a good try up by doing something by a little scoot from Dummy Arthur. Yeah, give, give it, it to Williams. To Williams, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not. Quite sure I agree with that. I do feel like that our hookers are play the game different to theirs Definitely. a lot of the time. But I would say if that's the case on the article that you read, I would say that that was a coaching issue. Yeah, I, I, surely he's just going out and doing what what Ricky Stewart tells him to do. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think if, I agree with that. If he's trying to do too much himself and bounce out from dummy half too much, and then um, that's a, to me that's a coaching issue where he says, "No, you don't do that." Yeah, you don't move from dummy half. You you get the ball distributed quickly. I agree. Uh, I I don't I don't think I agree with that article at all. But um, the Eels it looked superb this year. I know they had a bit of a wobble, didn't they, against the Dragons last week? Yeah. Um, but 
Clint Goodison, Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses looks really good this year. Yeah. I think. And, and Blake Ferguson always looks solid on the wing. So yeah. um credit to the Eels for, for putting thirty five on the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. Um Dragons fourteen, Warriors twenty. Um Dragons couldn't go back to back wins. Um after beating the Eels the Warriors bouncing back after defeat to the Seagulls and Look pretty good this year, the Warriors. I've got three words for you. Might be two, actually. Roger, two of Aussie, Sheck. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a freak, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's... Yeah, he was just, like, just dancing around. And um, he, I think he was the difference between the sides. And the Dragons have had a, an excellent start. And, and I, I thought I, I thought they were going to win that. I, I thought they would have uh, beat the Warriors, but... Well, the, we, we've we've been saying, haven't we? Like nobody really expected them to do anything, and then they went four from five and beat the Eels, and um, so you wouldn't really going off that. Then the start that they've had, bet against them. No, so I think. It, but again, the Warriors, I think they're probably on a par then this season. Them two teams. Um, I, I was gonna I was gonna compare the Warriors to the Titans. Yeah, win one, lose win one, one type of yeah. scenario. Yeah, I think on the day they they could p- compete with most of the teams in uh, battling for that seven, eighth, ninth. Spot yeah, type and of I think that's what the dragons are going to end up doing yeah. come come the end of the season. Um, Cowboys thirty, Bulldogs eighteen. Yeah, neither of these two are going to be battling for that seven, eighth, and ninth spot. But congratulations to the Cowboys on winning the NRL Spoon Bowl because <laughs> that's like. I think they're the bottom two teams. I do, I agree. So how bad are the Bulldogs to let the Cowboys score 30 on them? Yeah. Really bad. They're, they're going nowhere. Do you, not get the, 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 do you not get the feeling when you watch the Cowboys, no matter what the score is, the game's always dead close? Mm. Yeah. Because the it was, was it 24-18? And then they got a late one to make it 30. The, yeah. the Bulldogs scored three tries late on, didn't they? Yeah, the, the Cowboys have this tries. habit of always seeming to make a game really close, even when it's not. Yeah, I think maybe helped towards the end when uh, Hetherington got sent off for a high tackle on Valentine Holmes. Did you see the furore around that where the um, uh, Bulldogs fans... Uh, going absolutely crazy, all complaining over social media that it's a yellow card at the best. <laughs> it just wasn't, was it? Took it literally, <laughs> took him off his feet. <laughs> yeah, he was vertical. These these red cards that are definite red cards. These red cards that you think could be a yellow. These yellows that you think well, maybe that's a red. That is a red card. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Another fantastic bit of commentary, where they, where because they then pile in after that a little bit and a little push and shove, and the commentator says, "Well, Heatherington might as well hit him as well because he's not going to do anything for the next couple of weeks anyway." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, last game, um, and probably the game of the round, really. Rabbitohs eighteen, Wests fourteen. Only one place to start on this, isn't there? Yep, and that is. The golden point and the ending of the game. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, never. So, do you want to take for anyone that didn't see it? Yeah, for anyone that didn't see it, we got fourteen apiece to go into um, golden point, and the rabbit holes look like they are lining up for a dropout. Anyway, it's short to George Burgess, who has a barnstorming run, beats a couple of players, puts it down. But it's one of those ones that, you know, when you put it down and it bounces out and you're like, well, has, has he, he dropped has that? Has he dropped it or not? Has he dropped that or has he not? So everybody piles in, jumping on George Burgess, uh, Tom Burgess. George, uh, Tom. Tom, Tom Burgess, sorry. George is back over here. He plays for Wigan. Yeah. He? Well, he's retired now, hasn't he? But... Oh, yeah, we well, did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's still over here. Yeah. Uh, Tom Burgess, sorry. And... Everyone's jumping in. Anyway, the referee's about to blow up to check it. Next thing, because the, the camera's on the on the referee. Next thing you know, he's going, play on, play on, play on. I'm thinking, what's happening here? Cut. 
to Luke Brooks, storming it down the pitch with the ball, puts it down, referee legs it down the other end of the field, goes boom, try. But they've got that new rule in the NRL, haven't they now, where the bunker checks every try, yeah. whether it's given or not. Yeah. Um. So they go to the bunker, they're checking it. Anyway, turn. they're doing, they're showing the George Burgess one, he's putting it down, and from one angle you think he's dropped it, he's dropped it. And in the, uh, like, picture-in-picture, picture, if you like, it's got Michael Maguire, and he's going... Yes, he's dropped he's it. Celebrating, he's celebrating. He's going he? mad that he's dropped it. Pan to a different angle, and you think, no, he's got that down. Michael Maguire's going, no. no. And in the meantime, you can also see the referee that's hidden behind the the padding of the post. Yeah. So he he couldn't see Burgess put the ball down. Yeah. Which is why he then waved play on from his angle. Would have looked like he would have dropped it. I thought he dropped it live. Yeah. Because I thought he would get up. He didn't really look like he and, was going mad as if he'd and, just won in golden points. And that was the television angle that we saw as well, the same as the referee saw. Yeah. So, yeah. But what a uh, what a game. So it went from it went from ecstasy to agony, back to ecstasy again for the Rabbitohs and vice versa for the Tigers, didn't it? Yeah. So brilliant. There's a couple of other things on that, though, as well. Um, something I haven't really seen a lot. You know you get these flying wingers. Yeah. Um, we get them in Super League, Tom Johnson, for example, and they have some fantastic finishes, don't they? Alex Johnson yeah. did one, but put his hand on the um, whitewash before he got the ball down. Yeah. And I've never seen a modern-day winger do that because they normally fly through the air. Usually you just think, well, that's a try. Yeah. Yeah, he unlucky to put his hand on the, the, the touchline, but... Yeah, um, it had a bit of everything, this game. Three on report. Yeah. Um, also... What's gone a little bit unnoticed because of the game was the Rabbitohs were 14-12 down and Adam Reddles did another two-point drop goal to level it up. Yeah, he's got some boot on him, hasn't he? And, and yet the only one who offer him a one-year contract and I think he's been probably the best. Yeah. Or maybe top two scrum halves of the last, well, of the opening five, six rounds. Where do you stand on the um, two-point drop goal? I don't like it. But that we wouldn't have got that excitement of that finish without it. No, but I just—it's like it's half a try. He actually missed an easy penalty as well. Yeah, he did to um, to win it. Really, sixteen fourteen, didn't he? Yeah. Which actually came from the funniest Simbin in I've ever seen. Fantastic, Tommy Talau. <laughs> the uh, the, the uh, rabbit holes are playing the ball. He rolls out of the way. And when they play the ball, rolls back in and tackles the acting halfback while he still lay on the floor. <laughs> it was it's comedy gold. But then he misses the um, he misses the uh, penalty. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, two point drop goal. Carry on. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really like it. I just don't really see the need for it. Um, it you know, it's like giving away a penalty when you've not done anything wrong. So why why should you be rewarded just because it's a little bit further out than what somebody else has took it out? I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of it yet. Maybe it'll grow on me, but I'm sure it'll be a red corner soon. <laughs> <laughs> or it'll be in Super League next year. Then it will be a red corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's our NRL review. And now we're going to put ourselves into a parallel universe. So everyone knows this week, it's football has been under immense controversy and criticism uh, for starting this European Super League with all these teams. But what we wanted to ask was, what would happen if the European Super League put the RFL's marketing team in charge of it? <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I reckon we've got, a few similar ones here because there's some absolute gaffes that RFL have made, aren't they? So, what what would happen if they what would happen if they um, if they if they got in charge of it? So the the European Super League that's going to go ahead, but we've appointed the RFL to run it. What's happening? Right. Well, my first one that I got down was start with twelve teams from three or four countries. Three years on, it's ten English teams, one French, and LA Galaxy, who then go bust and replace with Watford. <laughs> 
and the French team will be PSG when everyone goes to retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they want a bit of sun. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, the league is actually sponsored by Foxy Bingo. <laughs> and it's worth £300 million in value. Right. Except not in real monetary terms, just... It's just in the value. Yeah. So there's no money changes hands. Um, we've also got additional sponsors, Papa John's and Mushy Peas, Bachelor's Mushy Peas, obviously. Yeah. Um, we dragged uh, Lionel Messi out for an interview in front of the Mushy Peas mascot who's dancing behind in the background. <laughs> and Cristiano Ronaldo, who, who puts his uh, stunning abs down to uh, Papa John's pizza. Yeah. I had, um, I had a similar one <laughs> where uh, the league sponsor is Marks and Spencer's and the new league mascot is Colin the Caterpillar, who hangs about for photos outside the ground. <laughs> but then the RFL then bring Aldi's Cuthbert the Caterpillar in. <laughs> and then the European Super League then gets uh, gets sued off Marks and Spencer. Um, there's also different rules to other football. So, for example, there's five referees. Yeah, uh, where different, just depending where you play, which country you play in, uh, depends on how many officials you have, and if you score a goal from thirty-five yards, that's worth two goals, <laughs> as opposed to one. I had uh, Premier League change law of offside rules, so the Super League just copies them because they do the same and they can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now um, draws are interesting because there's no draws in this Super League. Now. Obviously, it's difficult to have some sort of golden goal, a golden point, isn't it? Yeah. So what you've got then is that each pack must, they have a race, pulling at an Eddie Stobart lorry <laughs> 20 yards over a race to see who wins on golden point. <laughs> it's like a golden tyre. Yeah. Um, I've got, they sign a sponsorship deal with Emirates Airlines, which sounds promising. Absolutely. But they've took less money from it. Uh, because Emirates promised to put pictures of the players on the planes, but you only ever see two before it's scrapped. <laughs> the, the John Wilkin plane. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well, I've I've um, I've negotiated a different sponsor. By the way, uh, this is for VAR. Okay. Uh, now it's now sponsored by Wonga, and uh, any any VAR. Must include, must include the line. Well, if he touches the corner flag, it's still a goal. Yeah, <laughs> he's not considered out of play if he touches the corner flag in rugby league. Every week, every week. That's a, that's a condition of the um, of the sponsorship. Um, I I had that the bringing a playoff system. Um, oh, interesting! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They bring a play playoff system. Would it be Would it be top ten um, of the twelve? Well, it started off as top five. Oh, okay. Then they changed it to top six. Then they changed it to top eight, um, and then they went back to top five. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I had this, and the bottom two then play then playoff. In what they call the billion pound game, <laughs> um, and then whoever whoever wins that, the owner, whether it's like Sheikh Mohammed or whatever from Manchester City or Roman Abramovich, then has to run on the pitch with a big novelty sized billion pound check, shouting, "We've done it! We've done it! We've stayed up!" Even though there's no relegation. <laughs> no. Um, also, the other thing that the other the only thing I had was. P, uh, teams can take whichever kit they want, home or away. They don't have to tell anybody, and they just turn up in it. And if there's a clash, hey, all adds to the fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think like I, I think there's a I think there's a job there. Uh, well, Robert Elstone's left, so yeah, getting in. So that was the European Super League, run by the Rugby League, sponsored by Foxy Bingo. Oh, well, welcome back to the Loose Forward podcast. Yeah, where the RFL are unfortunately in charge of rugby. our super league. <laughs> rugby league. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> so to wrap up this week, we have this week's fixtures. Yep. Um, go down the list. You can tell me what you think. Wigan versus Castleford. A couple of interesting games this week. Yeah, this is one, this is certainly one of them. That's a real humdinger, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think with Wigan having a few injuries in the start that that Castleford have made, I think Castleford might edge it just. Um, and I'm going to say cast by four. I'm going to go the other way. I think Wigan uh, looking stronger. Um, and I think Wigan will win by six. Yeah, yeah it could go either way, that one. Yeah. Um, Huddersfield against St. Helens? I think St. Helens are probably too strong for Huddersfield at the minute, even though they've got um, Aidan Caesar back um, and a, a couple of others. Uh, but I'm going to say St. Helens by 20. Uh, yeah, I'll go 16. Um and I just think that Saints will pile more, not pressure, but more agony on Ian Watson. Yeah, I, I agree. Hull KR versus Leeds. Ooh, that's a good one, isn't it? Hull KR, I think, have been a little bit unlucky at times this season. And I think they've they've veered from the absolute terrible to the to the excellent. And I don't think they've found some sort of middle ground form yet for where they are. And you don't quite know which Hull KR are going to turn up. No, that's true. Um, you know, are they going to fall into this win one, lose one thing that we spoke about earlier? I'm not so sure. Um, I I think Le- Leeds apparently have got some players coming back um, and the way that they've been playing against what you would probably call better opposition than LKR anyway in the last couple of weeks in... Uh, St. Helens and Wigan, they, 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 could, they could come away with the two points. I'm going to say Leeds by six. Mm. Um, I tend to agree just based on the way that Hulk have been letting teams either run away from them or coming back at them. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll go Leeds by ten on that one. The um, uh, the The Super League equivalent of the NRL Wooden Spoon Bowl... Salford versus Lee. Um, I'm going to say Lee, just because if they win, I get a tenner. So, and I'm going to say Salford because then you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Lee by eight. I know both teams have really struggled. I do think that Salford have got more about them. You, you're probably right. You're probably right, but they've been that poor. They haven't scored. Any points? Three tries in three games. It's just not good enough. No. Run right against Witness in the Cup. At least Lee have, you know, put 16 points in here. Mm. And, you know, um, I know they've let a lot in. Yeah. But they've been scoring a few tries, so... I'm I'm going to go Salford 12. Hull FC against Wakefield. Um, That could be another good match. If Wakefield can play a full 80 minutes. They seem to be just giving absolutely everything in, in the first half and then coming out and being a completely different side. Mm. Um, but I think Hull will be too strong, the likes of Connor, and I don't know if Reynolds is back, but uh, Connor, Howe and Sneed, uh, Taylor in the pack, um, I think Hull will be too strong. I think they'll win by 14. Yeah, I think a little bit more. I think Hull will win by 20. Um, I think, like you said, I just think they've got uh, too much. Yeah. And I think they'll want to bounce back as well, um, probably after losing the 100% record. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, the, the, again, the point percentage, the win percentage is another is a discussion for another day, I think, isn't it? But, um, yeah, they'll want to, like you say, bounce back and, and, and show people that, the resilient, yeah, and somebody else with a hundred percent win record, Catalan, against Warrington. That's another interesting game, I think. Yeah, that could be a, a very interesting game um, in Catalan. Yeah, he, yeah, I think yes. Well, I've wrote those. Da- I wrote them down first, so I think so. Right. Um, 
if it is, I mean, even if it's not, I don't think Warrington are great this year. Or they've not they've not exactly had a great start, have they? Whereas Catalan seem to be firing on all cylinders. They look like serious contenders. Um, so I'm going to say Catalan by 12. I'll go by 10, I think. You're right, I think Catalan... We say it, we say it so often though that they look the real deal, and then they seem to have patches during the season where, like, they look like they look like they've been, like they look like they've been out on the booze for like a week or something. Yeah, they they strike you as like a party team, don't they? At times they do, yeah, and at other times they look superb. They always seem to have a glitch somewhere in the season. Mm. But I think you know we say it and before, and they do look the real deal. Yeah, they do. I, I agree, they do. Um, so I think, based off the starts that both these teams have had, I think Catalan will, will, will come away with the points. Yeah. Okay. I think that just about wraps us up, doesn't it? Yeah. Except to say, we are now, this week, we're in a two-pod week. We are in a two-pod week. Do you want to tell us about the second pod? Yeah, we, we've. I think we've mentioned it in every episode we've done so far, but we are actually recording this week our special podcast with uh rugby league lobbyist uh graham yep um so we'll be doing it in in three parts i think won't we yeah the first one we're going to be dealing with is going to be uh looking at sponsorship and and branding yeah so rugby league so that that'll be out later in the week um we're looking for that published that on thursday i think are we thursday i think we'll, we'll be sending it out yeah so um so look out for that one yeah, you know, even more rugby league to enjoy. Nobody can argue with that, can they? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, I think that about wraps us up. So all that remains for us to say is wherever, you, wherever you're watching this week and whoever you're watching, enjoy your rugby league because it's the greatest game in the world. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.